Conversations on the Art of Jesus. My name is Bill McPhee, and I'm a teaching pastor here at the River, and I'm today's host. This 10-minute conversation is part of the River's vision to create a culture of discipleship, meaning Jesus formed in us. This 12-part series will highlight one practice from the life of Jesus with the desire to cultivate His life in us. Each of these practices are connected to one of our four key values love, joy, play, and share. Today, we're exploring grace, and here to walk us through it is our very own Todd Windorf. Todd is our lead pastor. Todd, so great to have you here. Thanks, Bill. Talk about grace. Uh, boy, you're a good person to talk about this. Get, give us a picture. What really is grace? Yeah, thanks, Bill. It's great to be with everybody. And this is such an important topic. It, it, as, as Bill, you said, it, it, it fits into the enjoy category of one of our key values as a church, to enjoy people. We can't enjoy people unless they're grace-filled relationships. Grace, I think, is like a seasoning. It's the season of relationships. It's, it, 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 brings the, it, it creates the flavor of a relationship. And to not have grace is to have a seasonless relationship, a bland, and we all know what bland food tastes like. And um, not to have grace is, is, is to experience um, a blandless relationship. And uh, it's sad that we do that mm. to ourselves. And so what grace is, is it seasons, it, bring, it's, it reflects the image of God. It reflects the, the love of God. It reflects the the patience of God. It reflects all that God is in a relationship. Yeah, we long for those delicious relationships yeah. that are tasty and fill us up. And uh, t t tell us, you know, really, uh, why grace is so vital. Why, why is this so important, particularly in the world in which we live in today? Yes, and, and that idea of living in the world we live in reminds me of something. You know, this was Janie's. Mm. Janie Calvert um, was going to teach on grace. Oh, sweet and um, we lost our dear Janie. And yet she left behind her notes. And so I feel so honored and privileged, Bill, to be able to share some of her thoughts and talk about why grace is so important. And here's what Janie said. Um, before she died. This is what she wrote about grace as she was preparing for this podcast. She said, have you ever wondered why God grants grace freely to us? I could just hear her say that. Mm -hmm, I could absolutely. hear her voice. Yep. Just, the, just her soft-spoken, gracious voice. Our culture often says we should give people what they deserve and what they earn. Let the punishment fit the crime and no handouts. And that's why it's so important mm. because we are living so different than the way culture tells us to live. In culture, we find that people suffer the consequences of their, their actions and experience this gracelessness. All they get is justice. Mm -hmm. And what God wants to do is season the world through us mm. with grace. And Janie says, read Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God so that no one could boast. It is freely given to us by God. 
It's it it's it actually is a communicable attribute of God. Hmm. So when we think of the importance of it, we're we're really looking at who God is. God has incommunicable attributes and communicable attributes. Incommunicable ones that he doesn't share with us. They're just who God is. He's eternal uh, in the sense that he's omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent. Those are incommunicable. We We aren't that. We share other communicable attributes like love and mercy and grace. And so he is that grace. Um, I will make all my goodness pass before you, he says to Moses, and will proclaim before my, my name the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I am gracious and show mercy on whom I will show mercy. That's who God is. Mm-hmm. God is that person of grace. He is the He is the embodiment of grace. And so when we share to others, we're sharing God with people. And that's why it's so important. Um, And so as we understand this idea of grace, it is so important to see that grace flows from God to us that we receive by faith. Romans 4 tells us it is by faith that we receive the grace of God. Mm -hmm. So we receive the grace from God by way of Christ. And then we're able to extend it to others. We're able to live it out. As Wayne Grudem says in his theology, it's a means of grace within the church. Mm -hmm. A means of grace within the church is the idea that there are ways, avenues in which grace are poured out over people through worship, through the teaching of God's word, but also through fellowship and connection with other people. And so we're able to do that yeah. as we relate to one another. Grace is this. Here's the bottom line. Uh-huh. It is the, it's not mercy. Mercy is getting what, not getting what you deserve. So you've committed a crime, you deserve punishment, but you don't get the punishment. That's mercy. Grace extends further than that. It's getting what you don't deserve. So it's, you're not just getting off from the crime that you committed. You're receiving acceptance and love. You're getting something far greater. And the more we understand that, the more we're able to extend it to other people and live different in this culture. That's a beautiful picture. We are conduits of grace, Mm -hmm. of this wonderful flavoring that just sprinkles into people's lives. But we have to receive it first. Yes. And then it can flow through us. So it's easy to talk about grace. And this is so good. How do we put this into practice? Yeah. What, what are some steps as a follower of Jesus where we can live gracefully like he did? Yes, and that's the key. Gracefully like he did. How did Jesus live his life? You see, this is this isn't a discipleship series. We're talking about how to be disciples of Jesus. So we want to emulate the life of Jesus. How, what did he do? Well, we have in a beautiful passage of Scripture in Luke chapter 7 where Jesus extends grace to a woman that doesn't deserve it. And we learn three things about Jesus that we can actually apply to our own lives. And here they are. So, the, so Jesus is having dinner with the Pharisees. And that is beyond me. I mean, just he knew that he was at odds with the Pharisees. The Pharisees were trying to trap him and kill him not love him and accept him, and yet he dined with them. That, that says a lot about Jesus, mm-hmm. who's willing to even dine with those that he would consider his enemies. And during this event, they were reclining at the table, and his feet were behind them. Everybody had their feet behind them as they reclined on their sides and leaned into the table to eat. 
a woman came in, and it says here, a woman from the town known of bad character discovered that there was a table in the Pharisee's house and she brought an alabaster jar of ointment. All that she had, this alabaster oil was probably all that she had. Mm. Here's a woman of bad character. Here's a woman that couldn't get a job. Here's a woman that was disrespected in all ways in um, in this in this culture, in this society. And yet all she had was this one thing. And it says that she stood behind Jesus, crying, began to wet his feet with her tears. She wiped them with her hair, kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. She poured out everything she had. Mm. Her brokenness, her tears. She wiped his feet and then poured out the very thing that she had, the val- most valuable thing she had. And gave it to Jesus. And and the Pharisees, they react. Like, don't you know who this woman is? Why would you allow her to touch you? And then he tells them a story. And then after he tells the story of forgiveness, he turns toward the woman. He turns toward the woman and he sees her. The very first thing we can do to people is see them. Jesus saw this woman. He turned around and saw her. He looked at her. He, he probably looked her right in the eyes. And the moment he looked her in the eyes, she felt the grace of Jesus. And that's the first thing we can do. I see you. There you are. I see you. And you know what we do? We don't want to look people in the eyes because we're filled with rage or anger or bitterness or, we, we, or unacceptance. And it's the hardest thing. When you look someone in the eyes, you see them for who they are. It doesn't mean they're perfect. You see them faults and all, but you see them as a person. Mm, yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. I and I think too. that's the first thing. That's what grace does. It's, it allows us to see people for who they are. And then second, it says that when he goes on and he talks to Simon, he says, look, at, you guys didn't wash my, fi- my, my feet. I've been here. You didn't wash, wash my feet. You didn't wipe my feet with your tears or or with your hair you didn't give me a kiss she hasn't stopped kissing me since i the moment i came in but she has anointed my feet with oil and in that moment he accepts her Mm. he doesn't say oh woman you should not be doing this i'm a rabbi you don't touch me she has been accepted so the second thing we can do is say i accept you as a person forgiven by jesus because later he will say in verse 48, your sins are forgiven. See, it comes after that. I see you, and when I accept you, I accept you as a person that's forgiven by Jesus. And that's how we have to see people. It changes everything. Philip Yancey, in, in What's So Amazing About Grace, has this amazing uh, um, discussion about, can you think of one person in your life that doesn't deserve grace? And if you can think of one person, you don't understand grace. Mm. Because none of us deserve it, but we all get it yeah. if we just simply receive it from God. And we can offer that to other people. It doesn't mean we accept what they've done. There's a big difference between the crime and the person. We don't accept the crime. We don't accept the hurt and the pain people cause. Horrible pain, horrible decisions. Yes, we understand that. But we accept people made in the image of God that are able to be forgiven by Jesus. That's grace. And we need to stop um, this idea that we have to judge people. All we have to do is accept them as forgiven by Jesus. And then one last thing, Bill. Here it is. He says in the last verse thing, verse 50, go in peace. He sends 
her off in peace. I love that. He sends her off. Go in peace. Romans 5.1 says that we are now under the peace of God. We're no longer hostile, in hostility with God. We're no longer enemies of God. We now live in the peace of God. And how securing. How, it just it secures our heart, doesn't it? It's, it's, it's the confidence we need to live our lives. Sociologists say that what a mentor or a father or a mother or a coach says about you is the most important thing you hear mm, in your life. That's for sure. And this morning, this afternoon, this evening, wherever, whenever you're listening to this message, wherever you are, if you could hear this, Jesus sends you off in peace, and so you should send others off in peace. The peace of God be with you. It's like saying shalom, mm. the peace of God. It's the grace that flows through your life that comes from God. And, and it's the peace of God over their life. And when you do that, you, you are breathing into their life a confidence mm -hmm. that God loves them and accepts them. Yeah, that's, that's grace. That's so beautiful, Todd. This week we can see a person, we can accept that person, and we can send them off in peace because that's what Jesus has yeah. done for us. Well, we hope you've enjoyed this conversation. You can catch the other conversations and the one-page tool on the art of Jesus on our website, www.riversouthbay.org. We gather Sunday mornings and throughout the week as a community to love, enjoy, play, and share. And we hope today's conversation gives you a vision for how to do that well. 